Thank you, ladies. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter number 13, Ezekiel chapter number 13, uh, on um, a subject that is not a routine subject that is taught on, but it's a subject that we need to be reminded of, uh, certainly in the day that we live in. Um, I just completed a manuscript and submitted it to, to get ready to print. Um, Perilous Times Have Come is the title of it, and I've taken Second Timothy chapter number 3. Uh, much of the things I've taught through the years on the emerging church, but it reminds me of the day we live in. We live in a day of apostasy. Uh, perilous times, the Bible tells us perilous times shall come, but perilous times have come. And uh, I think we need to be reminded of what truth is over and over. I think we need to be reminded of those who are uh, peddling things that are not true. And uh, certainly I want to make sure uh, that I am I am teaching things, preaching things uh, that keep, uh, keep us ready for the day uh, that we live in. And so today is going to be, tonight is going to be one of those subjects. And I want to be very practical, but very pointed as well. And uh, you'll understand once we get into it. And uh, I am looking at, uh, looking forward to uh, Sunday, but then the uh, following the campaign is the remainder of the year. I'm looking forward in uh, starting Easter Sunday, uh, beginning a series, uh, Sunday school series uh, on the resurrection, dealing with the resurrection and the ascension of Christ and the things that happened during the resurrection, what it means to us. Uh, I'm even going to have a, I have a, uh, a lesson on uh, the hoax of Good Friday. Christ was not bo- uh, crucified on Friday. I'm going to take the Bible and show that. Um, and uh, things I think it's going to be very, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Then on Sunday morning, I'm going to teach on, I love studying the Bible. I love studying the Bible so that I can teach the Bible. On Sunday morning, I'm going to do much of like I did when I taught the series on Sunday morning of Standing Near the Cross. I'm going to uh, start a series on the trial of Christ. We're going to take the characters uh, that we see in Scripture uh, that are at the at the time that, that Christ was tried. And so uh, we're going to look at that, and there's much uh, doctrinal and prophetic uh, truths that are there as well. And then I'm praying about uh, Wednesday night, the series on the church, and that's, that's the direction I'm heading. And so I, I've told you everything we're going to do. Let's do what we're going to do tonight. How about that? Ezekiel uh, chapter number 13, beginning with verse number 1. <coughs> In the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel that prophesy. And say that unto them that prophesy out of their own hearts, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. O Israel, thy prophets are like the foxes in the deserts. Ye have not gone up into the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. They have seen vanity and lying divination, saying, The Lord saith, and the Lord hath not sent them. And they have made others to hope that that they would confirm the word. Have you not seen a vain vision, and have you not spoken a lying divination, whereas you say, The Lord saith it, albeit I have not spoken. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because ye have spoken vanity and seen lies, therefore, behold, I am against you, saith the Lord God. And mine hand shall be upon the prophets that see vanity and that divine lies. They shall not be in the assembly of my people. Neither shall they be written in the writing of the house of Israel. Neither shall they enter into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord God. Tonight I want to bring a study that I've entitled Preacher, 
problems. Preacher problems. Now, it is important for the church to understand uh, that the pastor, the preacher, has a role he has to fulfill. And uh, I do not mind being held to the standard that God uh, has established. But it's good in the day that we live in for us all to be reminded that uh, we live in a day where um, the world tries to assign responsibilities to the pastor that God did not assign. It may not be bad things, uh, but yet the priorities have to stay what they need to be. And so tonight, I believe it'll be a good study for us to uh, look at what is in the book of Ezekiel and apply it to the day we live in today. We do not have a political problem in our country. We have a preacher problem in our country. And uh, we have a Christian, a church problem in our country. And uh, I want us to be reminded because um, we as a church have a responsibility, and that's to reach the role of the gospel. Uh, our goal is should be to honor God. We know that. Your pastor has a responsibility as a shepherd, as the scripture uh, refers to the pastor, but also as a preacher. And uh, I certainly uh, want to fulfill my responsibility, but I want us to be warned. Um, I, I, I'll pray in just a moment, but I think of days when my, past, when my father started pastoring. The world has changed so drastically. You still used a pay phone. Um, you preached against false prophets and say, don't go down to that bookstore. Now they come to your cell phone. Um, and so I believe it's important for us to preach more frequently on things because the devil has access to our homes, has access to our minds, and I want us to make sure uh, that we keep our guard up. And uh, as I get into this study, I just want us to have a clear understanding of what God expects uh, and for us to <laughs> be warned against those uh, who uh, would, would lead us astray. Father, help us as we look into your word. May we be reminded, uh, first of all, that you are the standard of truth. May we be reminded, second of all, that you take truth very, very seriously because you are the standard of truth. We have a responsibility <laughs> to hold to the truth, uh, guard the truth, protect the truth. And Father, I pray that tonight's study will help us stay faithful. So many times in the scripture, we are warned to not be led astray. We don't want our hearts to be turned. And Father, may we be reminded of some things this evening. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I've enjoyed reading in the last several weeks, reading through several of the Old Testament prophets. Recently, uh, I have been in the book of Ezekiel. In the book of Ezekiel, there's much uh, to digest in the book of Ezekiel. Uh, but there's several things that have become very, very clear very, very quickly. Uh, there's a lot of similarities between some of the Old Testament prophets in their writings. Uh, there's similarities with Ezekiel and Jeremiah in the sense that we find in verse number two, uh, <laughs> as the word of the Lord comes un unto Ezekiel, we see son of man prophesy against the prophets of Israel. Uh, you read the book of Jeremiah, God makes it very clear uh, that his, 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 a lot of his judgment is against the shepherds of that day, the pastors of that day. Uh, in, this, in this book, uh, we find that Ezekiel is told to prophesy against the prophets of Israel. Now, that's not all, that's not the only uh, group that he is told to prophesy against. You read the book of Ezekiel, and God is very, very clear uh, that he is angry 
Uh, he is upset at his people. Uh, the word abomination God uses. Uh, you have uh, not turned from the abominations, your, your, your idols that you have set up in your life. And God is very upset about all of that. And God reminds them of what he's done for them. And he reminds them of how they have turned their hearts away from him. And now the judgment is coming. He writes that if that if and it tells you how he thinks of these men. He says if 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 Noah and Job and Daniel were alive today, they would be spared, but it wouldn't even spare their children, because God's judgment is coming. Now he holds his people accountable, but in chapter number thirteen and and there's several other passages when God reminds Ezekiel what his responsibility is as that prophet. God would whisper in his ear. God would tell him what to say, and he was to go tell it to the people. Uh, it, that was prophesying. Today, prophesying is not getting a word of knowledge and saying, God spoke to me about this. Prophesying in the New Testament age where we live today, we have the word of God. It is saying, thus saith the Lord. It is what he has said. So he comes and he says, prophesy against the prophets. When I read that, I wonder how that would have if he would have ever got invited back to the preacher's fellowship, uh, if he would have ever got invited back to preach at his alma mater, he said, prophesy against the prophets that prophesy. The people had turned their hearts away from God. But the prophets, God was holding them accountable as well. And I'm going to point out why he was holding them accountable. Look at verse number three. He says, thus saith the Lord God, woe. Anytime you see that word woe, pay attention to it. That is an extremely strong warning. Uh, you need to pay close attention. It, God is serious about what he is speaking about. Woe unto the foolish prophets. Um, very strong. God is not happy. I want to remind you in... So we have a comparison in chapter, hold your spot in verse or chapter 13, but in chapter number 3, we have a comparison of what God is expecting of the prophets of that day. And in chapter number 3, in verse 17, God is speaking to Ezekiel, and he says, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. The prophet was to be a watchman, to give warning. Um, the prophet was not always to be the one to pat on the back and say, go live your best life now. Uh, he was to be a watchman. Um, part of what your pastor's responsibility is, is to be a watchman. Notice verse 18, when I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. The same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. God is saying there, if I have given warning, and the people ignore my warning, they're going to face the judgment. But if you have not been the watchman, I'm holding you accountable. You're going to be accountable. Uh, verse number 19, yet if thou warn the wicked and he turn not from his wickedness nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. The watchman had a responsibility to warn. And if 
he warned and the people ignored God was going to judge. But God sent a warning and he would deliver. He would not hold him accountable. But if he said warn and they did and he did not, then certainly God would do what he said he would do, but he would not. He would also hold the prophet accountable. And I want to remind us as a church, if, this, if God has given a warning in the Scripture, it's my responsibility to preach that warning. It's my responsibility to the teenagers and the young adults to warn that if you go down certain paths, there's destruction there. Now, I don't want anybody to get upset at me. That's not my nature. But I would rather somebody get upset at me, and if they choose to ignore the warnings of the man of God, ignore the warnings of their pastor, they eventually will do business with God. And it'll be heartbreaking and break my heart. But if I did my responsibility, God's not going to hold me accountable. But if I am afraid of their faces, like he warns Ezekiel, intimidated, and don't give the warnings of God, God is going to hold me accountable. It's good for us to be reminded, and I've said this to us from time to time through the years, I, I'm more afraid of him than I am of you. And I would rather, I don't want anybody to get upset at me for a stand I take. But I certainly don't want God upset at me because I have not been obedient Boy, I can tell you there are times that God has troubled my sleep and not allowed me to sleep and, and put a message on my heart, and I deliver that message with a heavy heart and, and say, why do you do that? Because it's a message from God, and I would rather give it than not give it and be held responsible. So there's the contrast. So uh, keep that in mind as we look at the preacher problems of that day that I think we can apply to the day we live in. There's more churches in our country than there's ever been. But yet we are spiritually colder than we've ever been. There are more independent Baptist churches than there have ever been. But yet we are more cold as a nation than we have ever been. What's the problem? Well, there's a lot of problems. But tonight I want to focus because I believe a lot of things could be solved and because we have access to what everybody else is doing, and everybody likes to make it a deal what everybody else is doing, I think it's good for us to be reminded that we need to be very careful who we let influence us. Uh, there's a lot of people who call themselves a prophet, and, and they're not a prophet. There, there's a lot of people who have an influence, have a following, but you better be very, very careful because what is what 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 God considers to be um, satisfactory is a little bit different than what the world considers to be satisfactory. Uh, let's notice I've got six things I want to point out as far as preacher problems, and <laughs> these are good things for us to remember. Uh, by the way, this will keep priority of, of why you attend the church that you attend. You want to attend the church you attend because of the truth of the Word of God that is preached. And, I, and I say, I've said it often, especially during this campaign. I'll continue to say it. I believe people in this world are looking for somebody telling the truth. Um, are the schools telling the truth? Uh, is, I, I know the government's telling you the truth. And by the way, the government hadn't told us the truth in, in 100 years. 
Uh, the government's not telling us the truth. I know. The evening news is telling you the truth. You probably would be right at a greater percentage if you just took the opposite position. Of no matter which media it is, whatever they said. Um, people want to hear, what, what's the truth? The Word of God's the truth. And, and it's important that we keep ourselves in the Word of God, but keep ourselves under the truth. Number one, I want us to notice what verse 3 says. Thus saith the Lord God, Woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Seen nothing. I say number one, these the preacher problems, these prophets, they prophesy what is in their own hearts. What God is saying is they have their own agenda. They haven't seen nothing. I haven't showed them anything. It's, they're just talking about what is in their hearts by their own spirit. They follow their own spirit. <laughs> when somebody who is supposed to be our pastor, a preacher, somebody with that spiritual influence, uh, it ought, you ought to be able to take the Bible and line it up with everything they say. Now, you can twist the Bible to say what you want it to say, but what God says ought to line up. Um, it's it's not our own agenda. Uh, we got I say I, I I reference this often in jest, but I'm making a point that there's too many loophole Christians. The only time they study the Bible is to find a loophole to do what they want to do. The Bible says this, but it doesn't say this. Well, sadly, there's a lot of loophole pre- preachers as well. Uh, they say what they want to say, and we got to be very careful that uh, he, he warns against them. He says, you prophesy what is in their own hearts. The, I, as a preacher of the gospel, I have authority, but it's not my authority. If I step outside this book, I have no authority. This is the authority I have, thus saith the Lord. That's the standard. Be very careful of the YouTube preacher. Be very careful of the books that you read. Say, Pastor, I like to read. What do I read? Well, I just sent book number 15 of mine to the printer. Stay right there. Uh, be very, very careful of the influence you let because there are many today, they are preaching right in their, 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 what's in their own heart. Number two, look at verse number five. So be very practical tonight. tonight. Read verse number four. This isn't one of the points, but but this is this is something a mental picture I have in my mind. Oh, Israel, thy prophets are like the foxes in the deserts. Those foxes are, they live under, in, in foxholes, and they live in, in underneath rocks and stones. And you read the chapters going into chapter 13 and going out, the, the chaos and the rubble and the ruin. And those prophets live amongst the ruin. They live, they live in fine. They're like the foxes in the desert. But verse number five, ye have not gone up into the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of the Lord. Uh, hold your spot there. Let me read to you Ezekiel 22 in verse number 30. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, and I should not destroy it, but I found none. In chapter 22, verse 30, God is referencing he's looking for somebody to stand in the gaps. And in verse number five, you have not gone up into the gaps. There is gaps in that day. There's gaps in this day. 
uh, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel. Notice these next, next few words. To stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. Number two, they were not willing to stand in the battle. Uh, and let me just help us because you see this today. And again, I, I believe this is important because of the access we have to things and the, the access things have to us. Sending out a, a, a tweet about how you're against abortion is not standing in the gap. Now, you ought to, you ought to be against abortion. Uh, but that's not what God is talking about here. There's more to this than the posturing that we see so much of today. Uh, verse 5 again, to stand in a battle in the day of the Lord. What is he speaking about? Now, there is preaching that should be done. A preacher ought to preach the truth of the Word of God. He ought to preach the whole counsel of God. I, I love preaching. Uh, where, like, I, like, like a couple of weeks ago, Bind a Broken Heart is Sunday. I love that preaching. I love teaching those lessons. I love to, to preach those things. But there are times when the Lord directs. There's other parts of the Bible that we need to be reminded of. And you have to preach. You have to speak out. It's speaking out sometimes as a preacher from the pulpit. But sometimes it's don't make that decision because if you do, there's consequences that you're going to have to deal with. And I can't tell you how many times you can see the blood pressure rise in a church member's face because I've said that's a violation of this or God won't let me sleep over it until I've told you. Well, and that, there's the philosophy today, well, I don't think you should say anything. Now, I'll say it, and I'll love you, but I'm fulfilling my responsibility to say it. That's standing in the gap. I have this saying all the time, I'll fight you for you. Um, but it's more than that. It's, there's this idea that we want a life of ease today, when it comes to a spiritual battle, and I know we have young men training to be preachers and for the call of God on their life, and it, it, it's, 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 a, it's a fulfilling life, but it's a life of battle. Um, standing in the gap is prayer. It's prayer. Parents, you've got to stand in the gap for your home, for your children. Um, that means you've got to pray. We want to stand in the gap for our country. It, 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 yeah, vote when it comes time to vote. And, you know, since they've been doing it, if you can vote twice, vote twice. Fulfill your obligation. Do it. Don't sit at home because my vote doesn't vote. But more than that, God's people ought to be praying. Man, there's something I saw, and I, and I, I realized it a little bit too late. I don't know if it would have made a difference. But all oh, before the 2016 election, we were worried Hillary was going to get in, and we prayed and had prayer meetings and prayer meetings and prayer meetings. And I believe God kept us from, you think it's a disaster now. I didn't see much of that from God's people before this last election because we had it in the bag. I guess it is true. It's matters who counts the votes more than who votes? But what if God's people had prayed? I was convicted about that. That's standing in the gap. They're not willing to stand in the battle. 
Uh, sometimes God's people have got a battle in that spiritual realm. Everybody with me so far? Number three, verse number six. They have seen vanity and lying divination, saying, The Lord saith, and the Lord hath not sent them. This is something we've got to be reminded of. Number three, there are some God has not sent. Everybody who says God sent them, God hasn't sent them. Well, I know that he's a, he's a, he calls himself a preacher. Okay, if he called himself a pony, would he be a pony? Why a pony? I don't know. It just popped in my head. Um, we're, we're told in the New Testament that sometimes Satan appears as an angel of light. Um, it's good for us to be reminded there are some God has not sent. If we're reminded of that, we don't trust everything we hear. Say, Pastor, why is that important? Because we should always be comparing it to the Word of God. And I believe it's important for me to remind us of this because of, of, of the things that are so popular now, the podcasts, the YouTube preachers, the, the books that are about all these things. We've got to be very, very careful who we let have access to our minds and our heart not everybody has been sent from God. Now, let's use some common sense logic. It's Wednesday evening. Everybody awake? Everybody with me? Let's use some logic. If God didn't send them, who sent them? Well, no, no, no. I, I, if God didn't send them, who sent them? Well, I think they're a good, if God didn't send them, who sent them? There's some God has not sent. Number four. Verse number seven. Have you not seen a vain vision? And have you not spoken a lying divination? Whereas you say the Lord saith it. Albeit I have not spoken. Number four. They put words in God's mouth. I've learned through my life and my Christian life. God is very clear about what he means. God is very clear. Well, you know, I want to make sure that when I speak to people, I use the right pronouns. That means something completely different today than when I was learning English. God is very clear that he created male and female. He's very clear in that. He's very clear in what he has to say in, but there are some who will put words in God's mouth. He say, Pastor, why would you tie those two together? You'd be surprised. Some of the things that I've taught against with this, this emerging church philosophy, they are pro what I just used an illustration for. Um, well, I could, I could go on. A, a rabbit trail now, but I won't. They put words in God's mouth. Um, Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. And God said. Um, be very, very careful listening. Um, this, is, this has become popular in, in the day that we live in. You have these, quote unquote, women preachers. Um. And they have these services that you get these, these, these non-denominational charismatic types. And they say, everybody just close their eyes, close their eyes. 
and just let God tell you what he wants you to do. God don't tell you what to do that way. But you'd be surprised how many sincere, good people who are sitting in our churches have allowed themselves to fall prey to that. Uh, God's very clear about what he means and what he has said. Uh, so they put words in God's mouth. This is good for all of us. We need to know the Bible enough so that we don't put words in God's, God's mouth. Um, I know this is, well, you need to make sure it's what God has said. Uh, before we say it, number five, we're almost done. Verse number eight, have you not seen a vain vision? And I, I'm sorry, verse seven, have you not spoken a lying divination, whereas you say the Lord saith it, albeit I have not spoken? Verse eight, therefore thus saith the Lord God, because ye have spoken vanity and seen lies, therefore behold, I am against you, saith the Lord God. Say, Pastor, why? I mean, we, 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 we mean our church is growing and God's doing things and we don't have any issues here. Why would you teach on, on this subject? Because of verse 8, God opposes them. If God opposes them, we need to be aware of who God opposes. And I've just made up my mind, I want to be on whatever side God is on. If Say, well, well, I just don't know. I, what do all they believe? I don't have to know. I just know God is on this side. That's where I want to be. And if I'm there, let God be true and every man a liar. Um, that's, what, that's the way we need to approach this. And we live in a day. We, we live. Everything that's going on today in this world, we call it political. It's not. It's religious. It's religious. It's cultish. It's, it's religious. We have to look at it through the lens of Scripture. You look at the... Can I get on the rabbit trail real quick? You look at those medieval days and how was all the Baptists slaughtered in those days. It's because the government was married to the Catholic Church. And if you didn't line up with the Catholic Church, the government would put you to death. Why was Jesus crucified? Same thing. Don't, mis don't make the mistake of thinking that this is just political things that are going on in this world. Study prophecy in the Great Bear. Compare it to what's going on today. You look at what's going on in our world. It's, it's, it's religious. We have to be reminded God opposes and I say that and say, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Um, you take these big community emerging type churches. Some of them I've used illustrations in the past. That's where the socialist, communist, progressives go to church. You mean they serve Jesus too? No, 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 no. I didn't say that. Because we have a we have preacher problems. It shouldn't be this way. You know who's caused me more problems in this world? I shouldn't say that. My mother-in-law. No, no. Um, but God opposes them. I want to be. I want to be on God's side. Say, why do you have? Why do you? Why do you Baptists have to be so negative? Why are you against everything? I'm not against everything. I'm for God. Why are you against? This is how you turn that. Why are you against what God's for? Why are you against what God has already established? 
this is what we need to be reminded, and this is why we need to make sure that we line up in the right spot in verse number 9. And mine hand shall be upon the prophets that see vanity, and that divine lies. They shall not be in the assembly of my people. Neither shall they be written in the writing of the house of Israel. Neither shall they enter into the land of Israel, and ye shall know that I am the Lord God. I can't recall off the top of my head which chapter it is in the book of Ezekiel, but God reminds them that he's going to allow some to escape. But he makes it very clear in chapter 13 what group is not escaping. And the sixth thing I'll point out is he says they will be expelled. They shall not be in the assembly of my people. Neither shall they be written in the writing of the house of Israel. Neither shall they enter into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord God. One way that he's going to show, he makes that statement several times in the book of Ezekiel, I, and you shall know I am the Lord God. And one sign that he's going to give them is that the, 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 the prophets that Ezekiel was told to prophesy against, he said, they're going to be written out. They will not even be in the assembly. They will be expelled. God will take care of them. It, Pastor, again, we, we, we know, yes, we know what we believe. But I've, I've been around long enough to know that there are good people who get pulled away by this right here more than they will, and you can just start naming the sins because we get deceived when we're not connected to the truth like we should be. And as we move forward in this day we live in, and I'm excited about Sunday. I'm excited to look back because I've seen everything. I know what we've done. I know the giving that's been done, and it's exciting. I know what I'm going to tell you on Sunday night. I think it's very exciting. We have great days ahead of us. And the, and the closer we get to Christ's return, and each day we get closer and closer to his return, obviously. Well, the devil sees the signs too. And there is a great deception. And it has nothing to do with votes. It has to do with what Paul writes about in 2 Timothy 3 and 4, the minds and the hearts of people being blinded to the truth. And they just want itching ears the great falling away those are you have to have you have to have the truth to fall away from it and how it there's just like there was in the old testament the same is true today there is no say well pastor that's the old testament there's no new thing under the sun that is about that is a principle that that's a law that is not broken there's no new thing under the sun imagine what would happen if Every and, and, and there are good men, faithful men, and nobody knows their name, who stand Sunday after Sunday and proclaim the truth. And that, in my estimation, based on what God says in his book, is what keeps the hand of judgment away even more than it is, because there are faithful men. Who preach. There are faithful groups of people like the Emmanuel Baptist Church who gather and they, do, they serve the Lord. They want to please him. That's what God honors. 
We need to be reminded that this is not the day for us to, uh, well, you know, we just get soft on this or soft on this. God said, prophesy against the prophets. Prophesy against the prophets because they were prophesying of their own spirit. God, this ought to be a good reminder for all of us. They say, you know, Pastor, I'm not called to preach. I'm never going to preach. So this is good to know it's in there. Oh, but you need to be reminded why it's important for you to stay in a Bible preaching church. Uh, you, you don't need to be deceived. Um, you know, I, I say it often, I'll say it again. Your pastor's not on, you know, you, you don't belong to the YouTube Baptist Church. You know, I'm on YouTube because our messages are on there. But I don't have a show to try and tell you what you espouse some false doctrine or explain why all the old-time preachers were wrong. You know, God is going to deal with that. And well, I don't like what's going, taking place in our country. I, I, don't, I, hope you, I don't think you do either. Um, but we must stick with God, stay with the Word of God. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Um, I've already mentioned it, but the devil comes as an angel of light. He deceived Eve by quoting Scripture almost correctly. Almost quoted God. Satan, when he tempted Christ, he quoted Scripture, except he left two words out. Oh, let's know our Bible. That's why it's important for us to be in Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night. You're here on Wednesday night. Read your Bible every day. Learn the Word of God. Memorize it. Study it. Get to know it. Um, it it's important. I want to see my country turn back to God. This is why, and this is, this is something for us to be reminded of. It's important that we have Berean Christian Academy. It's important that we have North Florida Baptist College. And quite frankly, there's a reason why the devil has fought so hard against those ministries. It's because there are young men who feel the call of God on their life to preach the gospel. That's what's going to turn our nation around. That's what's going to help our nation. That's why that Preacher's Delight conference that we have every October is important. And I say it, and I'm going to say it to you a lot more as it gets closer, but we encourage one church and one pastor. We've, we have done, we do more good, and people can take offense to this. I don't, mean, I don't mean to give offense, but we do more good at that Preacher's Delight conference and encouraging preachers at over 60 this past year than holding a political rally. Because... It's the preacher, it's the preacher that can make that difference. And by the way, a preacher, a pastor, can never be as effective if he doesn't have the people. And why God continues to bless this church is because the people are faithful to the word of God. Let's stay true to his book. Father.